0: Seventy hundred and sixty-two on a sun as I took noon. That the most of and she was heavy laden. The way we went to Langcullenwood Street, that's on the road to bleeding. Oh!
1: Hello and welcome to CHN Radio Episode 50. We made it to 50 actual episodes. What an achievement. What a season. We really have proven to the world that we are the best Newcastle United podcast in coming home Newcastle history. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. You can find me at N-U-F-C underscore Greg and my co-host. Had some Elijah Brewsomes this weekend in Nashville, North Carolina. Ooh. Elijah Newsome, how are you doing?
2: Great. I had some uh, Grindhouse Killer Burgers and fries Oh, today. you went to
1: Grindhouse.
2: Which I know I know that's probably something you're missing out in Vegas.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't have those.
2: Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, now you know. Look them up. Grindhouse. Just <laughs> great establishment. Uh, dude, I'm great. Uh, if the people want to follow me, they can hit me up at Elijah underscore Newsome on the Twitters. Um, yeah, I tweet things and, and I get paid to do it, so by myself. I pay myself.
1: In, <laughs> in Chick-fil-A. In, it,
2: in Chick-fil-A. Everyone oh, knows. Good tweet good good tweet. <laughs> yeah. Go go get a number one combo.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we you were in a different predicament this weekend than you normally are. You were with mm. family, a little spring yeah. break action. I was with myself. And a few Geordies, actually, that okay. showed up to Tune Army Las Vegas. We Sin had- City
2: uh, Magpies.
1: The Sin City Magpies, yep. And we got to the first bar, and they their NBC gold package broke, so we Oof. couldn't watch the game. So we were sitting in a bar. It was like 15 Rangers fans at 8 a.m. in the morning, and then just four Newcastle fans, including me. And we are lining up all of our phones on the bar and streaming the match. On the mar- on the bar, so we were just like, "All right, let's drink here," and right at halftime, we'll leave. And then, sure enough, we're like, "In like, Rondon's lining up for their free kick, he scores, and we freak out, and all the Ranger fans start cheering for us." But then they come over to tell us how much they hate Mike Ashley, which is amazing, and because they hate Mike Ashley, they say just as much as we do. But I don't believe that. And no, I then it so we might drive be more, fifteen dude. minutes.
2: <laughs> what? It could be more, to be honest.
1: Yeah. No. Well, we, no, we I, definitely hate them more than...
2: No, I don't know. I think Rangers fans... I, he, because I think I think Scottish people are just mad in general.
1: Yeah, but he only owns so it's a, like, a bit of Rangers. He owns all of us. That's true.
2: So, I'm just saying. So he doesn't I just constrain, constrain them, like, them
1: as much as he constrains That's fair.
2: Us. I'm just saying that as mad as you are, a Scottish person's probably already woken up already that mad about just <laughs> life in general so you add Mike Ashley into that in any way and so by default they're just madder than us
1: could be could be <laughs> so we sorry we, to those Scottish
2: people I just pissed off oops
1: <laughs> there's two and anchor bars in Vegas so we drive across town it's like 15 minutes the other one and we walk into the bar and Burnmouth is lining up for a penalty and we're like oh my gosh did we just jinx it Found out there's yep. two more Geordies at that bar. Now now we have more of us. And then when that equalizer went in, we brought the damn house down. We were going nuts. Just like the supporters in the stadium were. Everyone thought that we'd won. People were coming up like, wow, big three points. Like, <laughs> mate, we just drew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one guy threw his beer in the air. It was amazing. It was quite yeah, the experience. I, and the
2: underrated part about that is that you you took pictures with Bournemouth fans. There was like one, after- yeah, there was one guy there rooting for Bournemouth. <laughs> Which is just wow, and, uh, it,
1: and he, he was, had he like a crazy mad. Southern accent. Like, but he's like lived in Vegas for thirty years, and we're like, why? Why? Like, well, I didn't want to root for Chelsea or Man Man United, so I, I just picked the cherries.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I also feel like if you've been displaced in the South for like thirty years, the Southern accent's just like something you do to make yourself feel different than everyone else around you. Like I don't know yeah. if you have a genuine southern accent anymore, or if you're just pretending because that makes you cool. Oh, that's Bill, the southern accent guy. He's from the south. Yeah, talk to him about country music <laughs> and fried chicken. And I don't know. I'm just that's just my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean that's great opinion. Now, Thanks. so how how did you experience that beautiful equalizer?
2: Uh, it was Never I was stream was so I I was watching hit. I was watching the match I don't know what you were doing there. Um, I was watching the match in, like, 10-minute spurts uh, on on a highway uh, when I had service. Yeah, that's what I figured. Because uh, um, I don't know if people know anything about uh, driving from just driving in general, I guess, in the south. But honestly, this occurs anywhere. There's just spots where you don't have service, and you just have to deal with it. Or you just have really slow, like, 4G. Um, so, yeah, that happened, and I was just watching random, like, parts of the match, so <laughs> that was cool, um, but I did, I did get to see, I didn't see the second Bournemouth goal, but I saw the Rondon free kick, the penalty they had, and I saw the Richie uh, tied goal, that was yeah. A really, yeah, but yeah, but it was cool, it was fun. I mean, um, You
1: mean you saw the DeAndre Edlin assist?
2: Yeah, okay, yeah, I just want to, <laughs> and I tweeted about it, that was a peach of an assist. Um, he played his butt off the whole match, but that's different.
1: We'll get into it, but I think it was more of a let me just hit this and see where it goes rather than dude targeting somebody.
2: <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was still a better ball than he's put in, like, any t- – time. like, at least, like, like DeAndre Evans had moments where he's been like, oh, let me just get this ball in, and then the ball just flies, like, over, like, over everyone outside, like, the box and – out of bounds at least he keep in a ball and it was like okay this is a legitimately playable ball somewhat in the box congratulations like that's what i'm proud of
1: yeah congrats deandre we are so proud all right so we are, let's we are <laughs> let's dive into it a bit um so speaking of the match a little bit more and and that goal that goal um, we've had two straight that goals and two straight matches. So congrats to us. Um, how about the fan reaction to that goal on on the screen for us, but oh yeah. At Vitality Stadium. What did you think about that?
2: Well, I think the first thing I, the, the one thing I was I was I was thinking about the entire time watching a match at Bournemouth. One, and our writer Mirza, shout out to him. Uh, he brought up the point that they have like literally the worst camera angle of all time. Uh, when everyone's anyone's at Vitality Stadium, but two, it's like, like it looks like you're watching like football at like a, a I don't, not even a high school game, but like if there was like a if there was a football version of like uh, Midwestern wrestling where it's like everyone's on top of on top of the, the the match and feels very much a part of the match. That's what Bournemouth Stadium looks like, and so. When we scored, like, if we were to win, have a winner, or if we were to draw or something, like, there's going to be a last-minute goal of any kind in Newcastle. I just felt like the away section being so close to the pitch, something was bound to break. I don't know if it was going to be a person or if it was going to be the the barriers or if it was going to be, like, just the will to live, but all three of those apparently broke. So that was wild. Just insane. Yeah. And probably my favorite clip of uh, the season.
1: It's hard to get good camera angles when when your stadium's that small. I mean, it's just you're just not going to get them.
2: <laughs> They're also been in the Premier League for a while. Like, have they not expanded? Like, they've been there what, a few years now. So, you'd imagine they'd expand. And they don't really spend that a, mu- a bunch of money in the transfer windows. More so, than us. I don't know. Well, true.
1: Um, so now, one of the things that pointed out to me is just that that one supporter who was tackled by one of the. Uh, one of the stewards, and he was still cel- – well, there was a few of them, but the one that was tackled and his back was on the ground and his hands and feet were, like, up in the air. Like, it's still celebration as he's getting yeah, arrested. Oh, my gosh. That, that guy's a legend.
2: Absolute <laughs> we, legend. We want
1: him on the pot. If anyone yeah, knows who that is, bring him on our pot. Oh, my gosh. I bet
2: Graham knows. Well, okay, I think War Flags was tweeting out well, – well, shoot War Flags a message. Uh, they were tweeting out because they – the people who – which we're about to get into who were arrested – for celebrating, uh, War Flags has been talking to them apparently. Yeah, I mean, like tweeting out what's going on, yes. and then we kind of got the full news and all that good stuff.
1: But, yeah, awesome. All right, so um, yeah, so there was what seven seven people arrested. Was yes, that what it was. Yeah what's your What's your thoughts on arrests for like I mean, in a situation like that?
2: I think arrest is, an, is an, it's just a term you have to use because it's a technical term. Like if you have, like any with any kind of pitch invasion or anything, like, like that's exactly what happens is like you take a person off the pitch and into a holding cell and they're held against their will, ergo they're arrested. Now, I mean, it's one thing to be arrested. It's another thing to be charged. Um, but it doesn't look like, well, that we'll get into that. But uh, but out of the seven arrests there weren't that many that were actually charged with anything. Um, and we'll see. Uh, it what actually happens.
1: Yeah, I, I'm torn between the just why don't we just put them back in the stands and be done with it? But also like it, you could easily if by doing that you could easily run into the what happened in Birmingham with the fan that attacked Jack Grealish.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a fine line there. You don't want to see that obviously and, and what if the you know what if that fan had a weapon on him? So like I understand if if arrest is just what they have to do to prevent yeah. something like that but um yeah uh, I just, like, it was yeah, I mean, amazing I think scenes, it's, amazing scenes. I think it's
2: way easier to, to justify arrest when there's a naked streaker like that Bill yeah, a yeah, couple yeah. seasons
1: ago, where it's like, uh, don't put him back in the I dance. mean, like, for no one wants some to of those guys, guy. and I, I can't see the the full video, like, a good angle to what all seven of those guys were doing, but, I mean, for how crazy everyone was going, for all we know, they could have been pushed out. Yeah, it, honestly. Or lost balance. That was, mine. It was
2: That was my initial response. We do have some more info on it. So uh, the Dorset police, who I guess are the area police, uh, said an 18-year-old man from Newcastle, 29-year-old man from Berwick-Upon-Tweed, a 31-year-old man from Um, Northumberland, and a 40-year-old man from Newcastle been charged with going on the play area at a football match and are due to appear at pool magistrate's court on Tuesday, April 2nd, 2019. So that's the official charge. So four of the guys who, out of the seven uh actually yeah there's a couple more but uh those four have all been charged with the same thing there is uh they were all been released um and then they go on to basically say that there was a 24 year old who was charged the same thing an 18 year old was charged charged uh with suspicion and a 14 year old that was charged with uh suspicion as well um <laughs> I just want to know, out of the... I think the 24-year-old one is maybe the guy who was... No, well, maybe the 29-year-old one is the guy who's on the ground. And then the club released a statement uh, that was basically saying, we're aware of the seven supporters that were initially arrested for allegedly encroaching on the perimeter of the pitch during the closing stage of Saturday's match at Vitality Stadium. We are liaising... Liaise, liaisoning? liaising, liaising. I don't really know. <laughs> English people are weird. This is not a word. With both police and number of supporters... As investigations continue, we are monitoring their observations, pending any criminal proceedings. Many any individuals are found guilty of committing criminal acts, we'll review the individual case before determining if any club-related punishment is appropriate. I take this opportunity to thank the vast majority of Newcastle fans for their support and their exemplary behavior while following the team both home and away. Um, and so what are your initial thoughts on like the idea that you could be charged... Like as a crime for going on to the playing area at a football match. That is a crime.
1: Uh well yeah, like it's just like what I said, like if you know, I think you have to leave it there and just to protect the players and everything. Uh like if a player just if it wasn't a crime and somebody just ran on with a weapon or something, like you just have to you have to make any trust trespassing you have to make a trespassing. I don't yeah. I don't know, that's just what I think.
2: Yeah, and I think you and I agree with that, and I think in this situation though, um, I think that the individuals do have a case. Like you said, it's very quite possible that they were pushed out. I don't know why I said that. that was a weird phrase. It's quite possible they were pushed out. And additionally, a lot of fans who were at the match, um, a lot of accounts who were there, were all saying uh, that one of the issues with Bournemouth Stadium um, and why like, this is something that could be considered an isolated incident only at Bournemouth is that like, the barrier between... Uh, between the field and the fans is essentially a paper play so if anyone gets excited like it's bound to break and that's what essentially happened was the barrier apparently broke so um so i think they have a decent defense i don't really know what the punishment would be and i don't know if the club is going to actually take action um but you know knowing the club's bad relationship with the fans i mean I would be shocked if the club didn't ban these guys from away matches in some way for, like, two or three matches or something like that. Just because I don't have any faith that the club would do something that would make them look good in the eyes of fans. So,
1: Wow. Yeah. Craziness. I love it. Keep it up. <laughs> as long as no one gets hurt. Um, next thing is thanks to the support of 1,550 supporters. War flags have raised over fifteen thousand pounds for a new surfer flag that would cover the entire Gallagate end. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. I'm sure everybody everybody cannot wait for that. They said that yeah. there, over sixteen thousand pounds were uh, were raised, and they said that all of it will be raised for future displays. And
2: 15, and you can still donate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fifteen of it will be raised for this one surfer. That's gonna be dope.
2: I, yeah. I can't wait
1: to see what they're gonna do.
2: And, and no one really knows because they were asking for, like, Newcastle landmarks. They were asking for, like, random pictures of fans. Like, honestly, I think like, your guess is as good as mine of, uh, like, what this actually is going to be. Um, but we just know it's going to be dope.
1: <laughs> yep. If it's them, it's going to be dope. Yeah. <laughs> That's guaranteed that. Yeah, they know what they're that. doing. Um, all right. Uh, I guess we'll we'll go to this one. Uh, the Chronicle are reporting that Shola the Macam Slayer, Emmy Obi, is under consideration for an Academy role. Now Mm. in the body of that article, there was nothing even remotely close to confirming that that is the case, that he's actually under consideration. I don't know that anybody else is reporting it. And I think that'd be awful for the Academy. I don't see why he would be a good uh, manager at all in the Academy or technical director or anything
2: uh because he saw how much of a failure sammy was so you just know (laughs) what not to do that's his angle it's a it's a it's bold
1: but you know it's not a bad angle yeah i don't know (laughs) i I i don't know if i believe it i don't i don't think it would be good at all like you i want somebody from like spain or germany to come over and and take control of our academy but but yeah,
2: um, and and there's and that's the other thing is no one knows what his role would be. Like, I mean, if he's trying to be like a a U18s coach, like an assistant, then I don't think it's a bad move. If he if he's a former player that wants to transition to coaching, that's fine. Um, but the vague term academy role doesn't really leave a lot to to be desired. I mean, what is he is he going to be the new loan manager? That sounds like a disaster. Um, yeah. So I think if you everybody want strategy, everybody would
1: go to Fleetwood Town and Notts <laughs> County.
2: Yeah, like obviously strategic. Like, if you want a strategic person that you're bringing in to look at the actual strategy and structure of an academy, I don't. One, I don't think that the person's name would surface this early in the process, or even if their name would surface at all. Um, I don't think there'd be a hire made this early in the yeah, process. Yeah, I don't think the name would be surfaced
1: yeah. at all if you know anything about Newcastle. But yeah,
2: <laughs> but uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that the big the big kind of directional stuff is going to happen in the summer and. Possibly, and I mean, hopefully, after Rafa signs a new contract, I do think that like Rafa wants to kind of be involved in this academy revamp, and I think that if they're going to bring in someone, it's going to be bringing in someone he knows or someone he he's been recommended to by by uh, some one of his contacts. But this actually raises a question, Greg: Is there any former player right now you think would be good in in any sort of role within the academy?
1: Uh... I, I mean, no.
2: <laughs> oh, I got one.
1: I would say, I mean, it just depends if they have their coaching licenses. I mean, I don't know really any player that has worked with youth talent and, and grown and progressed, and that's what I would want for it. I don't want some first-timer doing it.
2: Yeah. Um. So, interesting you brought up that point. We interviewed a guy who's got a couple coach licenses. <laughs> and has studied the U.S. developmental system and has criticized it pretty much, uh, yep. pretty well, and is like completely in love with Dortmund and how they run their academy and has studied that and talks about it all the time. Warren Barton would be an interesting uh, person to be involved in the academy. I, I I don't think it would happen, but it'd be interesting to have him on as like an advisor role, or something like that, where he's just yeah, like kind of put in his to leave two cents. San Diego. Yeah, he's not going to leave San Diego, but it's just like, you know, if you're going to assemble a team to help, you know, find talent, or not talent, find personnel to fill out the academy staff, Warren Barr would be on that, like, team of individuals, I think. He'd be yeah. a decent addition just because he's got connections all over the world, and he's someone who enjoys youth soccer and has seen it from the inside perspective as a parent, as his, as his youngest son is now um, – who has has gone through the academy system in the U.S. and then also as a coach when he was coaching with L.A. and then obviously as a pundit and as a player. So he's an interesting guy uh, as well. But you got some international call-ups to uh, to talk about.
1: Yeah, so by the time you listen to this, you'll be able to view it on our website, cominghomenewcastle.com. So we have a few players that have been called up. I'll just run through the list real quick. Um, No real comments outside of that, but... Uh, Miguel Almiron for Paraguay. Christian Atsu for Ghana. Martin Dubrovka for Slovakia. Paul Dummett for Wales. Uh, highlight there is Wales plays Slovakia. So, Paul Dummett oh. versus Martin Dubrovka. Oh, Dummett's going to score. <laughs> um, Oisin McEntee for the Ireland U19s. Born in New York City, though. must note. Um, Salomon Rondon for Venezuela. Mo Sangare. For Liberia, I'm just guessing on that last name.
2: No, I think you got it right. And we'll all see right. if he actually plays this time.
1: Yeah, it looks it looks <laughs> all clear. It looks good to go. He's, okay, he's not, not a U team. He's playing for the first team. Liberia's first team. I uh, mean, I just remember
2: that he had troubles the last time. Like last trying to two play. times. Yeah. Yep.
1: Like <laughs> uh, Fabian Cher for Switzerland. Elias Sorensen for the Denmark U-20s. Freddie Woman for the England U-21s. And lastly... DeAndre Yedlin for our very own United States of America. Yes. So yeah, yes. so to keep up to that. I'm going to try to do something more, I guess, interactive maybe? is I'll update it after each match day. Oh. So, like this Wednesday is the first match day for um, our players, so Wednesday night, I'll put a little report with the players that played on Wednesday at the top of it. And still everybody else at the bottom, so you can see when everyone else is playing, but and I'll just put a little update on how they performed in that match or whatnot. So I'll keep you updated on that. Uh, that will go for the entire international break. Cool. Yeah. Next thing. What do you know about Rafa?
2: Uh, well, apparently he's been given a new written contract offer. Um, and this just comes after he had a, a contract offer a few months back that just was kind of pushed brushed aside. He's been given a new written offer. Uh, this comes just after uh, Newcastle were linked to be looking in France at, I believe, what was it, Marseille's manager, I want to say? Um, as mm-hmm. a repetitive replacement. Oh, uh,
1: no, um, Bordeaux.
2: Bordeaux, yeah. Oh. It was someone, someone's no, manager. No,
1: no, I'm wrong again. Lyon.
2: Okay. I was like, it, it felt like it was a team that was wearing blue and white. Yeah. Um, but it was Lyon, uh, <laughs> their, their manager... As a potential Rafa replacement, and there's been a lot of names floating out there, and so now we got another new written contract. Um, If you, I mean, I'm sure Rafa, he hasn't been there, hasn't been the opportunity for people to ask him about it since this news broke yesterday, and so um, I'm sure that the Chronicle or someone else is going to have some updates on that once we get to uh, around Friday. No, no, actually, post international break, probably um, whenever Rafa has his next presser. So, just something to keep an eye out on. I'm. Um, I i do not No one knows the details of it. No one really knows um, what it means. But I guess it's good that another contract offer's been extended. I um, mean, hopefully, something gets signed before the season's done.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what we can all hope for. <laughs> all right. So, you're gonna notice some new things. Uh, we'll just say kind of that. Uh, we are start we are officially in the sb nation podcast fam yeah and so what does gonna, that mean that we're just like in the fam okay so you can uh we'll, we'll provide more updates as they come but obviously you've heard a few advertisements We're i'm a little parched i'm a little tired so we're going to take an ad break now um but congrats to us and keep Listening. Just make sure we're going to show up same on all of our, like, Where, however you listen to your podcast, you you still will be able to listen to everything the same way. Just Yeah, literally our, nothing
2: will change for you.
1: The only thing that <laughs> will change is there's more things coming down the, down the pipeline. Oh, for yeah. You.
2: There's a pipeline.
1: Next year, you'll see some things, but uh, we definitely have a lot more support, a lot more opportunity for growth now. It's pretty cool stuff. But with that said, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back shortly. All right, so we didn't lose on the road in the Premier League. Now, we didn't win, but man, was it a dramatic finish. Uh, Two to two, Burnmouth, Newcastle. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always in the mindset that I will take a road point in the Premier League. Are you in that mindset as well?
2: I mean, I don't really think anyone's against
1: that. (laughs) Yeah, like, I guess we'd (laughs) be against it, like, at Huddersfield.
2: Like, the perfect, uh, I mean, the perfect, yeah, you're right. Like, the perfect formula for Premier League survival and solid survival is, and being competitive is winning all your matches at home and trying to pick up points on the road and then winning the the matches on the road that you should be winning. So, that's how you survive in the Premier League. So, yeah, good for us. It'd be nice to have... (laughs) You know, jumped them, but I guess we could still do that technically next time we play. So,
1: yeah. Um, all right. So we have some three words. Um, after every match, we ask you to describe the match in three words, and then we read them here. So, thanks for your entries for that. We got Rawson in America. He said that was surprising. <laughs> the ending. I, I think you're you're talking about not that we drew Burnman, but yeah, that ending was unreal. <laughs> Um, Don at McUltra or S McUltra I'm not sure still Don how to say that uh, He said Matt Ritchie Thunder Bastard Okay yeah. <laughs> Perfect And then he yeah. said Mad effing Scotsman That's two submissions okay. for him Completely agree Trevor Mooney coming in with the a still shite Jeez
2: Uh-oh. What a shocker there
1: <laughs> The most consistent three words we've heard uh, and then I have, oops, here it is, uh, from Be Immortal at Mag O. Scott P. Mike Dean sucks. Oh, I got
2: one. Yeah. Uh, they replied to the CHN account, uh, Toon Army Portland, if you're in Portland and you aren't following Toon Army Portland or staying up to date with them, give them a follow at oh, yeah. Toon Army PDX and they put Mike Dean sucks as well. <laughs> so uh, Nice.
1: Yeah, actually, Tinoory Portland is a great follow. They have some great, great, great GIF work.
2: They do. They do. Yeah, they're they're good GIF, GIF account.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so let's let's get into the match a little bit more in detail. Starting lineup. Any surprises for you, Mister? Uh, I, I
2: think I was surprised at the midfield uh, pairing, just because it was interesting to see. Basically, kind. Of, I mean, it, it made sense. In the eyes of Rafa, I guess. Uh, he went with two physically demanding midfielders to frustrate the Bournemouth midfield. You could argue that kind of worked. I mean, I think both midfields weren't great. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the only surprise with seeing Modiyami alongside Isaac Hayden, which is literally like the one pairing I said would never happen. And of course, it happened. So... <laughs> There you go.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. That that's the biggest surprise for me, for sure, by by a long shot. Um, I also made the mistake. It was early in the morning, but I said that is Muto dead, and he was on the bench and then played. Um, oh,
2: oh. We also made a mistake as a podcast during what? our lineups for the oh, and yes. I said this as soon as we released it. I was like, "Oh crap!" We I put like Share and LaSalle's in in my back three, and and I had literally made a note. On like a piece of paper, like oh, like when I saw Share was going to be suspended for yellow card accumulation, I was like, oh, okay, uh, don't put him in your starting lineups. Because uh, and then I was like, oh, and Lascelles is injured. You mentioned that, and then I think I still said Share Lascelles. Like you mentioned, <laughs> I should have thought that. Though. <laughs> uh, you know, should have, could have, would have. I mean, that's episode forty-nine, and we're at episode fifty,
1: so <laughs> episode five oh. Um, yeah, that, it was, it was an interesting startup, starting lineup, to say the least. Uh, let's get into the actual match, where it was, so the whole first half, I would say it was, like, nobody was really going for it. Like, it was very, like, the, the, the match was being played between each 18 box. Like, that's, it was just played between there. Nobody was really threatening in there. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, it was it was pretty meh, you know, and like I said, it was it was interesting because you could like I I, like no midfield dominated or no midfield really seized control. And it was just like you had, I think, in terms of, you know, on ball quality, Bournemouth had the better midfield. But because of our physically demanding midfield, they just kind of really didn't have space to operate or anything like that. Um, they were kind of frustrated cycling in possession and stuff like that. and then of course, when we got the ball, I mean you had Modiyame who who's trying to play his shelvy role and he just wasn't he's not <laughs> Jojo Shelvy so if his Newcastle didn't have um a lot of didn't have a lot of chances created from the midfield either
1: yeah no and um so we lined up with three at the back um our typical formation there it was. Fernandez was in the middle. Lejeune was the right. Dummett was left. And then Richie was left wing. And, uh, yeah, Lynn was right. Uh, left and right wing back, I mean. But, yeah, there was no chances. And then the beautiful thing happened. And it was, I mean, in which I've seen a few people shout it out, like, a couple of days after. I always look, like, a day or two after to see what everybody's still talking about. And uh, I thought this would pick up way more. But Amron literally ran seventy yards down the f- pitch with three defenders on him, and then drew the foul. Like that is insane. People,
2: people did talk about it. Yeah, in the moment. I, I will say that
1: in the moment, and and a few did after. I I, did, I didn't say they didn't, but I'm surprised it didn't get as much love as it did. Well, uh, because that is when a, you end how, like that. We haven't we haven't had a player that's been able to do that since Ben Arfa. Like we literally have not had a player that had that capability. It's true. So that that's a huge – I mean, that was massive for me. Um, so he runs 70, uh, probably 70, 80, or I don't know. It's like the whole length of the pitch almost. And he, and I caught him, fouled, booked, yellow card. Then Rondon and Matt Ritchie standing over the pitch, or the ball, and the pitch. And Rondon's been close a few times, but this one was an absolute rocket. It was, woo! No, there's no keeper in the prem that's catching that one. Yeah, and Matt Ritchie was celebrating
2: out. as as the ball was going yeah. in. He's Curling celebrating right over the wall,
1: top corner. Oh man, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was it. Top yeah. ends,
2: as the youths say.
1: Yeah, uh, Matt Ritchie's hands were in the air before the ball. Like by the time the ball was almost at the wall, he knew it was going in. Um, and that was it, 1 nothing Newcastle. We started the half extremely, like, I mean, got into halftime in an extremely great position. And at that point, you got to feel like, wow, well, up 1 0 against a Burma side that we pretty much controlled for a half. You got to feel good. Uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't last long. <laughs> Three minutes, to be exact, into the second half. And some people were saying it was a soft penalty, but like, if this happened to Newcastle, everyone would be livid. So let's Well oh, it let's, has
2: happened in Newcastle and everyone was livid.
1: Yeah, so let's be honest with ourselves here, it was a penalty. Um but I mean Fernandez put his arms around like the shoulder. So yeah, I don't know uh, in what uh, world who was that's that? not that. Yeah. Um it was fouled by it was it was deemed a penalty. Josh King took it, sent to Bravka the wrong way. Um yeah, one one. <laughs>
2: that, that that's when you that's where you miss Tim Cruel penalty uh, <laughs> penalty specialist. Yeah, he's <laughs> someone on for situations like this. Yeah.
1: Um. So then, so then things opened up a little bit. and it, it started to become a little bit better of a match. Uh, Fifty six minute. I wrote this down. We were very unlucky in this point. Almiron crosses to the back post, and Perez's cross. It it Perez deflects it. Goes to Rondon like he did a baseball slide. Or no. Was it Rondon or was it Richie? I may have messed this up. I think it was Richie. Who slid into the ball and the ball like just missed his foot. Wide open net. Do you know what oh you you were you might have been in and out of this.
2: No, I, I saw I saw the highlight, I just cannot remember who yeah, it was. Yeah, I
1: think it was Richie. So it, it was someone just, who
2: it was someone who was wearing black and white. No, sorry. Someone blue. was wearing blue <laughs> and was attacking.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it was Richie, and but it was so close, to being a goal. I, I think the offsides flag went up too, but still, like oh, we were. That was a, a really good chance for us. And then the subs started coming in, so Perez came off for Atu, which is a shock for me because when doesn't Perez play ninety? That's a shock for me.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: I'm. St- I still have the suspension on on the podcast for me. Um, so I'm not going to go into detail. But um, then then it looked like it was about over for us. So um, Fernandez took the ball off of Wilson and tried to clear it, but Solanke nicked it back and laid it off to King, who curled it into the corner from the edge of the the penalty area. It was a fantastic finish, I might add. Um, It was a great goal, just being honest. So it was straight up 2-1. to one. Our, We're looking like we might get nothing from that. And that was the 81st minute of the match. So not much not much left. And then right after that, we subbed off Almiron. It's like, you want to get a goal, so why are we subbing off Almiron? But Muto came on. It's not like you put a defensive player there. Um, and then Shelby came on. So I have to say, Shelby has come on the last two matches and within 10 minutes of him being on Newcastle scores.
2: Also, there's a lot of people and it's getting annoying now because we just talked about this in the last podcast about John Joe Shelby and his, his reputation as a quote, dirty player. Guess who's leading the league in yellow cards. Just take a guess. Richie. No, that's a very good guess though. No, no, Jefferson Lerma, and no uh-huh. one ever says he's dirty. Yeah, they just like, oh, Jefferson Lerma, what a a strapping young lad leads the league in yellow cards. Just throwing that out there, eleven. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's going to catch. Well, Fabian chairs on ten, so he probably will catch him. Uh, <laughs> knowing Fabian Chair, but uh, but yeah, just want to throw that out there. Jefferson Lerma more yellow cards than John Joe Shelby in the past two seasons combined.
1: Yep, there we go. And then yeah. we reached. The fifth minute of added time in a in a game in a match where there was only three added, but I mean well, there was there was a lot of time wasting, so that's why it went over. Yeah. Um, and it was it was Paul Dummett who brought the four the ball up from the left side, and he kind of punted it on, but it was headed out and it reached Lejeune. Lejeune to DeAndre Edlin and then DeAndre Yedlin hits a booming cross. Like, like almost like a three-point shot, <laughs> like that that uh, projection of the ball. And it looked like it was going for Rondon, but it fell right in front of Matt Ritchie, and he was able to get his foot on it. And it was beautifully volleyed, left foot, onto the roof of the net. And then the best celebration I've seen in a long time happened, 2-2. Uh, two to two. Immediately after that, full-time whistle came. We stole a point. And we are closer and closer and closer to safety, and it feels so good.
2: Yeah, um, I guess the only real comment is people were mad at me for my match analysis, which I didn't think was that bad. I basically said Richie was not good until the very last, what, 10 minutes, which I still think is true. I don't think he was great. Um, and also pointed out that Iosif Perez was gone. Just not, I mean, obviously, you can't say anything. But he was not a factor in this match whatsoever. It's just like a terrible way to answer after just like a week of hype. Just like, oh, I can't wait to get back to La Liga, blah, blah, blah. You have to show up still for the next match if you're going to do all that. And he just was like, yeah, he he works hard, cool. But he didn't do anything uh, to really help Newcastle win this match. Um,
1: Yeah, my argument, I I said it to the guy that commented that I gives works hard, and he always has. Like I would too. I would work really hard if I was in the Newcastle starting eleven. Doesn't mean I'm good.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of hard workers who don't end up as CEOs. Yeah, like because I'm just saying,
1: I'd work, I'd bust my butt for him. Like I'd do whatever it took, but it doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to be productive.
2: I'll say this, and also. And we'll get into this with best, worst player. People were mad at me about Fernandez, my comment on Fernandez. And if you were mad about me saying Fernandez was bad, you didn't watch the match. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, but but the other thing, which is important to, to recognize, Mike Dean, uh, just what a night he had. Uh, just, just a lot with, you know, the iffy penalty decision to the not giving Newcastle oh, yeah. penalties to the...
1: We need just, to talk about that.
2: Yeah, it's just uh, so, Mike Dean just had it was like Mike Dean's it was the perfect st- it was the stage was set for Mike Dean to give his what was it 100th or something red card and he didn't do it but he he did everything to still make it about himself like make the match still revolve around him and then like his next match is going to come in and get that 100th red card. But yeah, he he did literally everything possible. Just controversial calls, soft fouls, uh, it was just – it was insane. You got to love it from Mike Dean. Great stuff from him.
1: Yeah. Um, it, that was a back pass.
2: Yeah. And and I don't really know how it wasn't considered a back pass.
1: Yeah, the ball was crossed in front of the net, and Burmes defender literally – the ball hit his foot at, 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 and reached out foot, and it went directly into the arms of the keeper. Yeah. like and, It, and, it should have been a free kick in the box. That's absolutely – like. One hundred percent, what the call should have been.
2: Yeah, and it was interesting because I mean, I guess the argument is that he was trying, he was defending across. But I feel like if you have time to control it, and then you play it back to the keeper, that's a back pass. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not an expert referee. <laughs> um, we like got to go Mike back
1: can- to like, I-, I said this. I've said this a few times, but we have to go back to the. Officials need to be held responsible. It's true. This is another incident where, where it was. And man, I well, so I was at a bar and I was drinking. So forgive me for the, I guess, the lack of insight on some of the key plays. But like Paul Dummett's goal line clearance, holy crap! Oh yeah. Like how did we not? Oh, how yeah. did I not mention that? Like what? Oh, trust a play, me, son. Like, spoiler alert! Crap. That's my man
2: of the match. <laughs> holy crap! That In was, case you're wondering.
1: Unbelievable! Uh, that that play alone. I mean, that that got us a point. Just yeah, it did. Way to put everything on the line to get for your, for your club and for your home.
2: Oh, the best part about that oh. was uh, was was the Mike Dean pointed and people and like the Bournemouth fans thought he was pointing to say it was a goal, and he was just pointing because Bournemouth had fouled someone in the <laughs> box after the fact. Yeah. It was just like. Ha, gotcha. All right, can I lead us off with a
1: stat? Uh, uh, stat section? Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do quotes. Oh, quotes. First. oh yeah. gosh,
2: I and then every we'll... every week I forget that we have to do quotes. It's <laughs> like, oh, let's get us some
1: stats. Um, so Rafa said the team is playing with confidence, and we are working as a unit, as a unit in and attack, as a unit in and attack and defense. Uh sorry, that threw me for a loop. Uh, So we were doing a lot of things, right, but still can improve. But even with changing players today, we can see the team is solid. We scored two goals, but I'm quite disappointed because we have to go to the last minute in the game that we are controlling and could get something more. The job is not done. It could be 38 points or 40 to guarantee safety. I think 38 will be enough, but we have to keep winning. Um, uh, He spoke about Matt Ritchie. And he said, you don't want any player to miss a penalty, so it was important for him to do well. He scored a great goal, an important goal for us, so I think he's happy, and all the fans are. I am really happy, too. <laughs> and then on Rondon, I wanted to mention this part. He said, uh, he's doing well for us, and he knows the main thing he has to do is just to keep scoring goals and try to help the team. Sometimes he can do that by scoring goals. Sometimes it's just pressing the defenders, holding the ball, linking other players, things like that. I think he knows what we need from him, and he must keep doing that. We were practicing free kicks in training, and he likes to practice with Florian and Richie and Kennedy. They're all quite good at taking free kicks. So oh, Interesting Whoa. little insight there. Uh, well, Kennedy. And one more thing, one more thing, <laughs> of what he said about the free kick, what Rafa said. In this situation, I didn't see him. And then I said to Lejeune, you have to take the free kick. So Rafa told Le- Florian Lejeune to take this free kick. So Lejeune must be killing it in practice. And then, Dude. But then Salomon said, I can do it. I didn't see Salomon at that stage, but Lejeune is quite good from a distance. But Rondon is also quite good from a distance. And they compete against each other in training sessions. So they're quite good. I was happy for either to take it.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's a good problem to have. I, mean, I just watched never- like that. Yeah, I like that he was, called our
1: center back, Florian Lejeune, to take our free kick.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's let's just – let's just. I just want to go down to the packing order that in terms of free kicks, left-footed players, it goes Florian Lejeune, <laughs> Rondon, Matt Ritchie, then Miguel Almirón. Yeah. <laughs> just want to – and then I guess Kennedy, but like Kennedy's wasn't – he wasn't on the pitch, so yeah. I mean – but just there were so many people who were just like, why didn't why didn't Alvaro take the free kick and then Rondon scored and I was like, oh well, there you go, that's why.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, so you got a stat?
2: Yeah. Um, and this this is comes courtesy of uh, of, of some friends on Twitter. Um, at well DJ at Dj Light uh, asked what was new in UFC's record uh, in Mike Dean matches because we're all complaining about Mike Dean. Um, and I looked it up and so I I went back to 2014 because I just did not really care to see all, like Mike Dean's been refing for a long time and I just did not want to do all that math and give him a, and give a, a, you know, an answer that would have taken 45 minutes of research. Um, so since 2014, Newcastle are zero, four and three against Mike Dean. Well, in matches with Mike Dean. So I guess against Mike Dean. So, uh, yeah, four losses, three draws, which is not great. No. So I wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, is it a coincidence? If you look at the matches, there's only been two of those matches, I think, were against top six teams. One being the Man United match last season that Newcastle could have won. It was like 2 1, I think. And then uh, the other one uh, was like a Man City or Liverpool match. Um, And we got like destroyed like 3 or 4 0. Um, but yeah, but you look at Mike Dean matches. He was he was refing the infamous Wolves match uh, at the end of last season too. At the end at the end of the, at the end of the fall as well, uh, where Iose was elbowed in the face. So um, there you go. No, actually, no, he was refing the one where Dubrovka was RKO'd. Yeah. Not a good record for Mike Dean.
1: No, no. Some other stats for you. Uh, I just. I guess we'll mention this one since it's the same team, but uh, Newcastle scored their first Premier League goal during the first half at a time since February of 2018 when Dwight Gale scored against Bermith. At Bournemouth, too. So, cool. <laughs> um, it was the latest Premier League goal that has ever occurred for Newcastle since Papi Sisse scored the around just a few seconds after, against Crystal Palace at St. James Park in February 2014. Um, And here is the craziest stat for me. Newcastle United at this stage last season. Same amount of games played. Same amount of wins, 9. Same amount of draws, 8. Same amount of losses, 14. Same amount of goals scored, 31. Same amount of goals against, 40. So, therefore, same amount of goal difference and the same amount of points at 35. Wild. That is wild. That is wild. We're at the exact same point as we were last year. Goals scored and everything.
2: Arsenal better watch out. That's all I got to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, our 32nd match last year, we beat Leicester 2-1. to We play Arsenal next, so... Place your bets. Let's do it. Uh, 538 covers how the rest of the season will pan out based on their statistics. Uh, It is looking good for someone named Newcastle United. Less than a 1% chance of being relegated. (laughs) Someone
2: named Newcastle United.
1: Yeah, the someone we all love named Newcastle United. Uh, Less than one chance of being relegated. Uh, They're saying we'll finish with 43 points. The club's finishing below us. Crystal Palace, Brighton, Southampton, Burnley, Cardiff, Fulham, and Huddersfield. So by process of elimination, 13th place, they say we're going to be in.
2: Okay. Good for us.
1: Um, Yeah, there's no longer a chance of us qualifying for the Champions League. Dang it. uh, Unfortunately, we'll have to miss out on that. Well. Always next year, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i would hate to be in the champions league right oh. now
1: oh with our squad you mean or oh with our yeah our depth is just gonna get just no man see we beat man city like we would just bunker in and counter attack the mess out of them rafa's taca- tactics
2: yeah i'm just saying when people just get inevitably injured and you get guys i don't know i just know <laughs> that it's just a it's a nightmare to deal with in FIFA. And it's going to be a nightmare if he was in person. <laughs> FIFA is real life. I'm trying yeah. to tell you, Greg.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll start with your worst player.
2: Uh, yeah, so it was actually pretty hard because I I just really hated a lot of what Matt Ritchie did. But Federico Fernandez had just, like, one of the worst matches a Newcastle player has had this season. Um, so he, he didn't look great at the back. Um and rightfully so was not handed the captain's armband. Um, he didn't look great at the back. He, of course, gave up the first goal in terms of the penalty, but what people don't realize is that he also gave up the second goal. Um, so J- when Josh King was about to take that shot, F- Fernandez was the guy who was supposed to step up and at least put some sort of pressure on, uh, on, on Josh King, uh, and he just didn't. And so that kind of falls on him. And that was just kind of the nail in the coffin for me after kind of just continually watching him, like, not really be uh, at his best in terms of tracking back and, and looking at defenders. There was plenty of opportunities um, that that Bournemouth had to score. Um, well, not to score, but to create chances. And uh, a lot of that kind of fell on the shoulders of Fernandez. Yeah. Um, and just not being able to keep up with Josh King's runs or anything like that. So just... I think he just wasn't great.
1: Yeah, uh, Fernandez was also mine. Another player that I'm concerned about right now is Dubrovka. I'm not saying his goalkeeping abilities are awful, but his distribution has been really bad and putting us in some awful situations. Uh, so much so that he completed 39% of his passes uh, in the last match. Which is I'll tell you whose due distribution was
2: worse. I'll tell you, Modiame, worst distribution <laughs> yeah. for the forty eighth ma- for the fortieth match in a row. That number is made up, but in seventy eighth minute, Modiame passed the ball out of bounds, <laughs> and I, I like Greg and I talked about this on the the, the podcast where we. We left, we lifted the ban on IOC. He day, crossed and I saying, field
1: and just aired, mailed it out of bounds. Just <laughs> like,
2: like it was so bad. And I was like, I think, I feel like I just say Mo Diame passes the ball out of bounds. But now I've started to keep track of when he's doing this so that we know for a fact that he did in fact just pass the ball straight out of bounds. This was not as, this was, I don't know if this was as bad as some of the other ones, because I think that as comical as it was where he just skied the ball out of bounds, I just think it's so much funnier when he just is like taking the ball and there's someone like on the touchline who's like making a run and he just passes it straight out of bounds, like on the ground, a ground pass side foot, just out of bounds. So, uh, Modiame. Uh, that's what you got, and then and, and kind of talking about Matt Ritchie, I don't think that he had a great game in terms of his attacking play. He did work hard, he did track back, but there were some times where uh, he made kind of questionable decisions in terms of uh, where to pass, or um, and some of his deliveries on set pieces were just bad. Yeah, um, he to might say not the least.
1: Be That great at crossing.
2: Yeah, which is you know. Important in a in a right winger, but arguably even more important when you're a link when you're a wing back. I mean, as a right winger, you kind of know Matt Rich is going to try to cut in because he's that's what he kind of does. But when you're as when you're playing as a wing back and you're swinging you in mean balls left. all the time, huh? yeah, and it's you were just, saying right wing.
1: So well, he left. played
2: as a right wing the last time we were uh, when we switched to a 4-2-3-1. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, boom. Roasted, yeah. I know what I'm talking about, guy. Um, no, I'm messing with you. Um, but yeah, but when you're swinging and crosses as a as a wing back, um, they have to be better. And then if you're going to be doing corners, they got to be better. And when people are like clamoring for like anyone else to take a corner, uh, like literally anyone else, that's bad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah.
1: Best player for me is a player that i have just growing week by week to love even more. I just love his style of play, his physicality, his hold-up play is the best I've seen in a long time at Newcastle. Uh, for me, the best player was Solomon Rondon.
2: Yeah, uh, that's a good shout. Uh, I mean, Paul Dummett made Team of the Week, so... Uh, yeah, gotta, I, got he, he, honestly,
1: I have him as my number two, so... Yeah, I,
2: I, I mean, he was mine, I said it earlier, I, he yeah. was just unreal. Um, he had that clearance, but he also just was, he was a great defending, and... Uh, he he saved he saved Newcastle's but a couple times and when Fernandez made a mistake, uh, Dummett was sure to kind of correct that um, in terms of being able to uh, swoop in and save the day in many situations. And he played some decent balls um, out of the back, especially in a, in a match where Fernandez didn't really look great and Dubrovsky's distribution was bad. Lejeune and Dummett kind of stepped it up in terms of kind of long balls or just cycling the ball. The, wow, cycling the ball. Uh, Through the back line and stuff like that so just he deserves a shout out and of course that goal line clearance was insane
1: yeah in freaking insane. all right so we're gonna move into your wonderful questions elijah you mentioned to me that you have a question so why don't we start with that
2: yeah so there's this there's a thing on twitter that's been going around in soccer twitter which is like so weird sometimes (laughs) but uh our our pal Roberto Rojas, uh, by the way, who, if you're in Newcastle and you're listening to this, Roberto's going to be—he's uh, going to be there in the Southampton match, so you can meet him and tell us how tall he is. We're just curious. Five so, six. I five six. I think five six sounds good. Yeah. Like five five maybe. Okay, so um, everyone's been doing this thing where they're just naming their favorite clubs from certain countries. So, obviously, our favorite club in England is, New, is Newcastle. But I'm going to stay some countries, and I want you to just be like, just name your club. That's okay. your favorite club. All right. If you don't have one, then just be like, no. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Uh, Spain.
1: Athletic Club Bilbao. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, your America? doppelganger is there. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh America.
1: Philadelphia Union. Italy. Dupe. Uh Torino. FC. France. Strasbourg.
2: Okay. Uh Portugal. No. Okay. Okay, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> okay. Um okay. And finally, last but not least, Venezuela.
1: Uh Solomon Rondon FC.
2: I don't know any clubs in Venezuela. <laughs> I don't I mean, know I, I was curious. Oh, oh, wait. France. France. You said you have France.
1: A club? Strasbourg. Oh, oh okay. I you did, didn't say I Germany. Didn't know.
2: The one for France is, is so funny. Every single one of these I've seen, it's been like... Oh I, oh, I didn't say Germany. Who's your German club? Stuttgart. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like Stuttgart. I think my German club is... I can't decide between Schalke or Leverkusen. Yeah. I, I yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I watch those clubs just to like, kind of... Just to keep in touch with other leagues, yeah. I don't like own any memorabilia. but like if they're on TV, I'm definitely watching. Yeah, and I know like, know the players and stuff. Like, um, yeah, that's kind of that's
2: how I feel about Schalke and and Leverkusen. Like, if they're on, I'll like root for them. Yeah,
1: like, but
2: I'm really more watching just because I want to see what's up in Bundesliga. I want to see the yeah. whole, young talent. It keeps and you like me up to you. date. I yeah, feel like it does. with other
1: leagues and and great great players and things like that. I I enjoy it.
2: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just wanted to see – just let the people know what Greg's into. But, anyway, (laughs) we got a question.
1: Yeah, from the official questionnaire of CHN Radio, Trevor Hooney. Um, He said – I should probably bring that – get that up. But he said, uh, would you only eat Lucky Charms, only drink Guinness, dye your hair orange, and only dress in green until the end of the season if it meant a top seven finish?
2: Yes, you've literally named my favorite cereal <laughs> my favorite kind of beer and then you've named like two things that like I can get away with because I'm still a student. So yes, obviously I'd do that. Well yeah. yeah I'd wear I'd wear the heck out of green green show some different shades of green with like like some gray chinos or like some some nice jeans. Oh yeah, I could rock green and then orange hair. That's cool. That's a statement. I'm an icon. Come on.
1: Okay. I uh, so do 100. I'm, I'm almost there. So my okay. my issue with it is, yeah, I eat Lucky Charms. I guess a lot of sugar, but whatever. Dude, we'll I love Lucky it.
2: Charms. Oh, um, so Guinness good.
1: is that's that's perfect. That's a that's a good beer. Uh, dye your hair orange. I'm a little, eh. and then uh, green's my favorite color. So I'm fine wearing green and go Eagles. Like I just wear a bunch of Eagle stuff. But the problem mm. is like. Top seven is good. Move it up to top six and you got a deal.
2: Does top seven, doesn't top seven get you that seven places that like play in for Euros?
1: No, I think six is. Oh. Five, five and six.
2: Oh, man, that sucks. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if unless, unless, Euro, but wait, time oh, out. Yeah, if unless someone win a, wins the cup or yeah, something like of, that. Yeah.
1: If somebody wins a cup five or six, then yeah then you go in a seven. So it's like, give, give me at least European competition, and I'll do that for sure.
2: I think I would just do that just because it sounds fun.
1: Just for the statement.
2: Yeah, I mean... Elijah and, and Newsom also, with orange
1: hair would be a statement.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, hey, my cousin has blue hair right now. He's nine. Actually, I saw
1: that picture today.
2: Yeah, thank you. We were at Grindhouse killing <sighs> burgers and yeah. fries. Yeah, just FOMO. For
1: is that me. is that the one in... Um, uh, crap. It's like by Atlantic Station, kind of?
2: No, 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 not that one. That's the one in Lindbergh. Though, so this is, this is, uh, that was the one in Decatur.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha.
2: Yeah, downtown was, Decatur. Sorry,
1: listeners. Uh, that was not important to you, but it was important to me.
2: <laughs> Here's some more good radio. Uh, hey, for Greg, that one in downtown Decatur, I didn't know this, has a really dope, uh, like, rooftop bar. You just like... Oh, yeah, yeah. You can just bypass the line and just go to the bar if you're 21. So just keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. All anyway. right. Well, do you have anything else, Mister Elijah Newsom?
2: No, uh, it's international break. Season. Yep. It's international so, uh, break.
1: We have some things coming up for you. We will not leave you alone for the break. So stay tuned for that. Uh, give us a follow at CHN underscore Radio. Follow our SB Nation account coming ho- at Coming Home and UFC. Check out our website. We are constantly putting articles on there. And also, create an account. You just It takes like 30 seconds to a minute, maybe, to create an account, username, password, and then you can comment and interact with us on any of the articles and, and other fans can chime in, too. And also, you can write your own fan posts on the website that we can share and, and uh, discuss there. So, pretty cool stuff. I think a lot of people don't know the potential that you could have by just... Sign up for free on SB Nation, but there you go. You're welcome to that. Um, give us a follow. Like us, share us, subscribe to us, and give us five-star ratings. And we love you. We will see you uh, with our next, like, real show when we preview Arsenal. So have fun, everybody. We'll talk to you soon, and away the lads.
0: The last factory and up to the job in a day. Just can't endure the railway bridge, the bus will flow off there. The lasses lost the crinolines and the bales that hide their faces. I got two black eyes and a broken nose and gathered the blade and rails. Oh. We put on the way we went again But them that had their noses broke They came back our yen Some went to the dispensary And some to Dr. Gibbs's And some to the infirmary To mend their broken ribs'. Oh! got to paradise, there was Bonnie Gampy good, there was 4 and 20 on the busman who had danced and swung, they called on me to sing a song and I sang the party Thigan." I danced a jig and swung, me twig the day I went to play them, to blade and poon the bellman he was carrying there they called him jockey broom a him tack into some chips and then he was persuaded the Gamsy he drawed he showed the mechanics howl at blade and Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cooney. There were spice dolls and monkey shoes and they had selling ciders. And a chef for the hoppin'ies, own the butchers and no my lads for riders.